T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. From the WEEI Studios. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. Boston. An Odyssey station. And now... The third guy was Brian Barrett. He was good. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Other sports shows can't compare it. And that's time for Professor Barrett. This is the Brian Barrett Show. How about this juicy nugget? I think music is obnoxious. It's too loud. On Boston Sports Original. The way this works is you say something, I say something, you say something. That's how it works. You can't just keep talking. W-E-E-I. I'm feeling frisky now. I'm feeling very excited. All right, welcome in. We're taking you up until the first pitch of the Red Sox game after an absolute debacle last night at Fenway Park. I cannot remember a loss that was worse than that for the Red Sox. They set a record. They gave up 28 runs. That has never happened before in the history of the franchise. They have now been outscored 55-8 to over their last three games. What happened last night at Fenway Park was a complete joke. It was a complete embarrassment. And we have plenty of time to get into the guy running the organization, Hein Bloom, and some of the shortcomings with him and this team. But last night, that's on the players. And that's on what went on on that field, and specifically Jaron Durant, because that's where you have to start after a game like that. So if you do want to weigh in this afternoon, what did you make of the loss last night? And going forward, does this give Hein Bloom the green light to sell? 617-779-7937, the number. But where I want to start is with Durant, because... Jaron Duran has been absolutely horrible in the field since he came up from Worcester. No way around it. I'll get into it in greater detail as we go on here. But last night, we all saw it. It was an absolute joke, and it was sort of a microcosm of what transpired in that game last night. Jaron Duran losing a ball in the twilight. And by the way, this keeps happening with this team. We keep seeing this crap. Franchi Cordero, Chris Arroyo, and I know that Part of this is, and I'm not making an excuse for Jaron Duran because he's an outfielder, but these guys are playing out of position. Franchi is not a first baseman. Arroyo is not an outfielder. And all these guys are playing out of position because the team is not properly put together. But with Duran, that is not an excuse. They transitioned him into an outfielder a couple of years ago. He has no idea where the ball is going. And then he doesn't run after it. After the ball goes over his head, he has no motivation whatsoever to run after it. So listen to what Duran, because the play was bad enough. But listen to what Duran had to say about the play after the game. Did you see from that play there? Not sure it out Just lost in the twilight. Happens. Yeah. Jaren, what, what, what do you think? Why didn't you run after the ball after it was uh, hit? Um, I mean, Doogie was right there already, you know. 
obviously I should have taken a step or two, but he was already going to beat me to the ball. So, you know, I just didn't want to get in his way, you know. What if I sprinted to it and collide with him or something like that, you know. But, you know, next time I know to take one or two steps, you know. But he was already going to beat me to the ball. You talk about maybe some of the conversations you had with coaches or other players after that. Didn't really talk to anybody, you know. Just what's the feeling like when you know the ball's up there and you know you can't see it? Just it's the most helpless it? feeling you could ever feel. Until you guys catch fly ball in twilight, you know, let me know. All right, so there's so much wrong with what he said. First of all, you screwed up. That was a horrible mistake. You're playing outfield. You're supposed to be a center fielder. The reason he's in center is because they think right field is more difficult to play at Fenway Park. So that's why Jackie Bradley Jr. is playing right field last night because they're trying to at best, hide Duran. The best way they can possibly hide Duran. Now, you could argue whether or not he should be playing right instead of center, but that's sort of the thought process there. That's why in some of these road games, he's playing in right instead of center field because they're trying to hide him because he's such a liability defensively. But then he has the balls to go back at the reporters and say, until you catch a ball in the twilight, let me know. That's not their job. Their job is to write about the game. Their job is to talk about the game after. And you're acting like it's a ridiculous question to be asked and that everybody should try to experience what you went through last night. That's your job. You're paid to be a center fielder for the Boston Red Sox. You should be able to know where the ball is going. I don't give a rat's ass about the twilight. I mean, give me a break. That is an excuse. That's all that is. That is an excuse. Oh, I lost it. But then he doesn't run after the ball, and you heard his response there. Yeah, maybe I should have taken. Next time, I'll take two or three steps. He's not saying that he's going to take two or three steps because he thinks it's the right thing to do. He's saying he's going to take two or three steps because he got caught, right? He makes up this ridiculous, asinine excuse about the fact that essentially what he's looking for there is, well, I could have run into Doogie. That's what he calls him, Alex Verdugo. You could have run into him. I mean, you would see him. What do you mean you could have run into him? It's not like the ball is in the air at that particular point in time. The ball has already landed. After the ball landed, that's what we're talking about. And he comes out with this ridiculous idea that he could have ran into Verdugo. How? You would see him. The guy would legitimately be in front of you. How could you run into him? I mean, what an idiotic thing to say after the game. And the problem I have with all this is after the game, Cora tried to defend the player. He goes up and he's talking to the media after the game last night. And he's talking about how difficult it is out there, blah, 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 trying to stick up for Duran in some sense. And then Duran, after the game, has not one, but two idiotic statements out of what happened last night. First of all, you go try to feel the ball in the twilight. Catch a ball in the t- Until you feel the ball in the twilight, let me know. And then, well, next time I'll take two or three steps just because it's a bad look. Not because he doesn't, not because he thinks it's the right thing to do. The right thing to do is to run after the damn ball. To show you actually, I don't know, care. Care about winning. Care about making a play. That was a lack of caring about your team last night. What that was last night from Jaron Duran was flat-out unprofessionalism. And for him to have the audacity to say that back to the reporters, that's incredibly stunning to me considering what his status is. First of all, let's stop with this whole prospect thing with Jaron Duran. He's older than Rafael Devers. Like, he's never going to be a great major league player. In fact, the guy's a complete liability in the field right now. But this isn't like, if you ask this question, say, after the game, to Jackie Bradley Jr. or Kike Hernandez, and they had just lost a game in this fashion, 28-5, to and they were frustrated, and Jackie lost a ball in the twilight, or Kike Hernandez lost a ball in the twilight. Both of those guys are elite defensive players. 
Kike Hernandez is second in Major League Baseball over the past two years in defensive runs saved in center field. Jackie Bradley Jr., he's won a gold glove. We know how good Jackie Bradley Jr. is defensively. So if they just had a bad night and they were aggravated and they were frustrated and you get a comment like this, you sort of brush it off because those guys have been really good defensive outfielders for, for Kike the past couple of years, for Jackie Bradley Jr., for the entirety of his career. But for Jaron Duran to go out there and act like, hey, you have no idea what I'm dealing with right now. Well, here's the reality. Jaron Duran is legitimately one of the worst center fielders in the entire sport. He's one of the worst outfielders I have ever seen in my entire life. And he's going back at reporters that way, which to me shows a lack of professionalism. Like, I could not imagine that last night Jaron Duran was actually going to be worse in his post-game press conference than he was on the field. He was horrible in the field. That's an awful play, awful misplay, I should say, because it's not technically an error. But he was worse after the game, which is the upside of the century because I don't know how you get worse than letting up an inside-the-park grand slam, and that's showing no conviction whatsoever to go after the ball. And all you're doing after the game is making excuses and trying to sort of belittle reporters for not understanding what you were going through at that particular point in time. It's an absolute joke. Jaron Duran is a liability defensively. Jaron Duran is a liability offensively. And he's out here talking to the media last night like it's ridiculous questioning. You just gave up an inside the park grand slam and you didn't chase after the damn ball. Now, maybe you never get the guy anyway because Tapio was going to score. But that's a complete joke and that's completely unprofessional. Jaron Duran on the season. Minus seven defensive run saves in center field. That ranks 46 out of 48 fielders that have played at least 180 innings in center field. By the way, Duran's had 196 innings. The two guys that are worse than him defensively in center field are at minus eight defensive run saves. Remember, Duran is at minus seven. They've played 529 innings and 638 innings. Duran is almost last in defensive run saved at center field, and he's played 196 innings. That's how bad Jaron Duran is in the field right now. And it's not as if he's making up for it with his offense. The guy's been absolutely atrocious at the plate. He had that nice stretch at the beginning of the season. But since June 27th, Jaron Duran, 63 plate appearances. He's hitting 183 with a 222 on base percentage, with a 300 slugging percentage, and a 522 OPS. He's striking out nearly 35% of the time. He's hurting the team offensively. He's hurting the team defensively, and after the game, the way he handled himself was completely unprofessional. Remember, this is the same guy, and I don't want to get into a vaccine debate. That's not my prerogative here. That's not what I'm doing, but Jaron Duran was unavailable the last time this team went to Toronto. He was not there because he was not vaccinated. He says after the game or after the team gets back from Toronto, he says, hey, next time we play, in Toronto, I'm going to be there because I felt like I let my guys down. He's acting like a hero in the clubhouse. Hey, I'm going to be there next time. I'm going to be vaccinated. I'll be ready to go in Toronto. When it's like, okay, dude, if you really cared about the team, wouldn't you have already done that? And like I said, this is not a vaccine debate, but he's acting like he's doing this incredible thing for the sake of the organization and for the sake of the team that next time they go to Toronto, he's got to be vaccinated. Like he's this, well, you missed the three games. You already missed three games. And at this particular point in time, does anybody want him to go to Toronto next time they play there? He sucks in the field. He cannot hit. And he says stupid stuff after games. 
I mean, this guy is a joke right now. What he did last night is completely unprofessional and should not be tolerated. It's an absolute joke that he's making those type of comments after the game, after he's the one that gave up the inside the park grand slam on a routine fly ball, and he's telling reporters that they should find out what it's like to have to try to get a fly ball in the twilight. Come on, man. That's not their job. That is your job. You're supposed to be able to do that. You're supposed to be able to catch a fly ball in your home ballpark. That's a joke. Unbelievable to me. I never thought that Jaron Duran could actually get worse in terms of after the game last night. Never thought it could get worse from what he did on the field last night. But that last night after the game was worse. And somebody needs to talk to this guy. Somebody in the clubhouse has got to get to this guy and say, what the hell were you thinking? What type of comment was that? Making excuses for what happened? Just take the L, man. All you have to say after the game is, I got to make that play. I should have run after the ball. I got to make that play. Don't make up some crap about, because he really doesn't believe he should have chased after it based on what he said. Does anybody think he actually believes he should have chased after it? He's telling us that, oh yeah, I might have run into Doogie. How? You can see him. The ball has already landed. You can actually see Alex Verdugo. There's no way that you are actually going to run into Verdugo. So don't give me this crap about you thought you were going to run into him. Stop. You know that's not the truth. You know you're lying right now by saying something along those lines. You act like you're above the whole process of getting questioned and people asking you stuff after the game after a complete, a completely embarrassing play. You're not above that. You're not nearly above that. In fact, right now, you're a horrible defensive player and you're a horrible offensive player. So, oh my God, the reporters have the audacity to ask you questions about how poorly you were playing last night. That's the job, man. That's part of the gig. And this whole idea I saw today, like people on Twitter talking about, hey, they should trade Jaron Duran. What the hell are you going to get for the guy? He can't play defense. He can't hit. What the hell are you going to get for the guy? What is Jaron Duran getting you? I'm telling you, if you could sell off Jaron Duran and get something back from him, go ahead and do it. I just don't know what the value is. He's older than Rafael Devers. It's not like he's some young kid that's up and coming. He's older than Devers. He can't hit. He strikes out like crazy. And he looks like a cat that had his whiskers cut off anytime he goes after a fly ball. He's got no idea where he's going whatsoever. This isn't one incident where he lost the ball in the twilight. The guy has some of the worst reads you will ever see in the outfield. He is absolutely atrocious. And he doubles down on the bad night. Like, you could have some level of empathy, even though he sucks defensively. You could have some level of empathy for what he was going through last night because that's horrible for any professional athlete to go through that experience last night where he lets up an inside-the-park grand slam at a routine fly ball. You could have some level of contrition for the guy or empathy, I should say. Contrition's the wrong word. But then he makes a comment like that, and you're like, dude, are you serious? This guy doesn't get it. He legitimately does not get it. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett, take it, yep. Until the first pitch of the Red Sox game. So if you want to weigh in on the Duran situation, certainly can. I do want to get into some other issues for the Red Sox because they have one major issue right now that may force Heim Bloom to sell. It'll tell you what that is next here on EI. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now is brought to you by Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. The warm weather is here, and Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey is saying, screw it, let's shoot it. 
All you need is some salt and an orange slice and, of course, some screwball. Lick the salt, shoot it, and finish it with an orange slice. Lick it, shoot it, screw it. Ask for a screwball shot with salt and an orange while you're out enjoying the weather at any restaurant or bar. This is perfect for a summer shot. Lick it, shoot it, screw it. Screwball peanut butter whiskey. Let us screw loose. Please enjoy responsibly. All right, well, the Red Sox, they lost in historic fashion last night, 28-5. to It's the most runs they have ever given up in a game. 28-5. to The Sox and the Jays will play the second of their three games set tonight at Fenway Park. 4-10 first pitch across the Shaw's and Star Market. WEI Red Sox Network, Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. You can tune in to the Visit Massachusetts pregame show at 310. That's sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at visitma.com. On the mound tonight is going to be Cutter Crawford, who has been recently the Red Sox best pitcher. As crazy as that sounds, Alec Manoa, the All-Star, is going to be going for the Toronto Blue Jays. So another difficult night for the Red Sox, it appears. The B signed Jackson Nika to a two-year contract extension. It will have an annual cap hit of just over $760,000 per year. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is the Brian Barrett Show on WEI. All right, welcome back in. We're taking you up until the first pitch of the Red Sox game. So how about this? This is from Chris Smith from MassLive.com. He's going to join us on the pregame show. At Smitty on MLB on Twitter. There's a chance Rafael Devers could go on the IL because of a right hamstring. That's why he's not in the Red Sox lineup Saturday. Felt it during Friday's game. J.D. Martinez still experiencing back spasms. Core said he could return to the lineup tomorrow or Monday. I mean, what a joke. What an absolute debacle. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Devers and J.D., but what a debacle this has turned out to be. This is just a complete nightmare. Sale has a mangled pinky. Now Devers, your best player, the only buddy that puts into the fear into anybody's line, into anybody's pitching staff. Nobody's scared of anybody in this lineup outside of Rafael Devers. He's the landmine. Nobody else hits home runs. J.D. and Xander are not at 10 home runs yet. So now Rafael Devers is out of lineup, and he may be going on the injured list, okay? J.D. Martinez dealing with back spasms. You're still waiting for Trevor Story to come back. Franchi Cordero is hitting fifth today. Franchi Cordero 
is striking out 52% of the time in July. That's the worst in the entire sport. He has to hit fifth in the lineup today. That's how bad it is from an injury perspective for this team. They are absolutely screwed right now. And then you got Duran, who's got to be in the lineup. I'm sure if Cora had any other options, Duran would not be playing today. But the reality is they don't have enough bodies right now. They're falling apart from a health perspective. And then they got this idiot Duran after the game saying stuff like that. Oh, yeah, well, um, why don't you try to catch the ball in the twilight? Like, come on, man. Have some level of professionalism. Run after the ball. Think it's, uh, and then you make it up this whole thing. I don't want to run into Doogie. You can see him. It's not like the ball's in the air. I mean, I can't believe he said that after the game last night. Have some level of professionalism. Some level of accountability. Yeah, you know what? Nobody in the clubhouse, none of those reporters can do your job. Nobody's, nobody's disputing that. Nobody's saying your job is easy. But you made a massive error in the game. Not technically an error, but a massive misplay in the game last night. You are going to be asked about it. Just take accountability for not being able to play your position. You're legitimately one of the worst defensive outfielders in the history of Major League Baseball. Be accountable when you don't make a play. Don't make excuses about it. And the fact that you're saying, next time I'll take two to three steps, means you don't really believe that you should have done that. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Matt in Waltham. Hey, Matt. Brian, never mind trading Durant. I, how did he wake up this morning and still find himself on a professional roster? I don't I think they have like enough bodies, Matt, at this guys. point. I, I don't think they have enough bodies on the 40, man. I think that's the problem. I, I don't think they have enough bodies. There are plenty of guys who are willing to at least hustle and take accountability. That's all we ask. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, so you I just, just want to get rid of the guys. He, See ya. I, never, never mind. Just throw them back in AAA and find someone who can at least put in some hustle and talent. Thanks, yeah, I, like I, I'm with you in this sense, Matt. The only thing I can come up with, and you can grab his line if you like, at 617-779-7937. The only thing I can come up with as it pertains to the Durant situation is they just don't have the bodies. They do not have the bodies right now. That's the reason that Durant is still with the team, and that's the reason that Duran is hitting leadoff today. <laughs> I mean, this guy better do something today. He better hit the ball. What's he going to say now? <laughs> What's he going to say now if he loses the ball? Well, hey, you've never fielded a ball in the sun. Is that what he's going to say after the game today? This guy is a joke, man. I cannot believe he did that last night. And what a bad look. After the manager's up there at the podium last night defending the player, Alex Cora is defending him. Well, I've never seen it this bad in terms of the twilight. It's been an issue this year. Trying to defend Duran the best he can. Trying to put a good face on this thing. Trying to help the player out. And then he spews that garbage after the game. Give me a break. Unprofessionalism is an understatement. By the way, you can tune into WEI this Red Sox season as we broadcast live from our Ford Clubhouse Fenway studio before Red Sox weekend home games brought to you by your New England Ford dealers and Ford trucks, official truck of the Boston Red Sox. That's where we are today. And by the way, this is just... Now, Duran's the problem last night. And look, I'm highlighting him because he sounded idiotic after the game. He was absolutely atrocious in the game. So I'm highlighting him. I'm more upset with what he said after the game than the actual mistake. Why can't you just own it? That's what irritates me about this whole situation. You just cannot own that you made a critical mistake and you're acting like people should not be asking you the questions about it. It just completely lacks any sort of self-awareness. 
lacks any sort of self-awareness. And this lets us highlight even more what, you, what a bad defensive baseball player you are. Minus seven defensive run saves. Only two guys are worse than you in the entire sport. And in your last 63 plate appearances, you're striking out 35% of the time. So it's not like you're bringing anything on the other side either. It's a complete joke what this guy is bringing to the team right now. And that kind of crap after the game last night, it cannot happen. Somebody's going to get to him and say, dude, do you understand where you're playing? Do you understand what happened last night? Do you understand that you gave up an inside-the-park grand slam? I get it. You feel bad, but don't take it out on the reporters. I mean, unprofessional. Six so you guys seven, touch seven. five on Twilight, you know, let me know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait, we'll let you know, Jaron. I'm sure anybody in that clubhouse last night would have had a better shot at you. I mean, you look lost. And this guy legitimately looks like if a cat lost his whiskers. The guy has no idea where he's going out there. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Matt in Rhode Island. Hey, Matt. Hey, Bear. You know, yeah, totally inexcusable. Kind of all this prima donna talk from Duran. Like he, like you said, he's, he's not even a major league player, so I'm not going to waste my time. But what I do feel bad about is the one guy, Xander Bogarts, who's kind of caught up in the whole crosshairs of this, this whole thing, in my opinion. Because, I mean, I, I'm almost, I almost want to, you know, if he wants to go, I'd almost like to see him uh, get traded out of here because this thing is a stinking ship. I mean, what a way to start the the second half of the season. I mean, this yeah. has the potential to get, like, really, really ugly. Oh, Don't you're not kidding. In, in the weekend, next but... couple of days, Matt. In the next couple of days, it oh, could yeah. get ugly. I mean, this is a really because bad situation. <laughs> because the, the Blue Jays, Jays are a wagon. And, like, if you, want to, if you want to go up against a team that can just hit, like, one through nine, they want, they want you, like, they want to put you out, like, knock you out right now. So, all right, Barrett, have a good one. Good stuff, Matt. I appreciate the call, my friend. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. Well, this is what I'd say as it pertains to Bogarts. Like, I can understand the argument for not giving Xander a long-term contract extension because if you look at his power numbers, the slugging, it goes down every year. The isolated, uh, the isolated slugging percentage goes down. Isolated power, I should say, goes down every year. The home runs are going down. So I can totally understand that argument. Okay, but this is what I don't like, and this is what I still cannot understand with the high and bloom regime, so to speak. Why would you offer this guy a one-year contract extension at $30 million? So that contract extension would have paid him on an annual average basis less than Trevor's story. That's what you offered Xander Bogarts. So at that particular point in time, what you're telling everybody in the world, and especially what you're telling Bogarts and Scott Boris, is we're not signing you long-term. Okay, so if that's your prerogative, if your prerogative is to not sign the guy long-term, why make that garbage, idiotic offer? What does that do for you? How does that help you as an organization? It doesn't help you. Why would you put that out there? From a PR perspective, you know it's going to get out there. Xander Bogarts is represented by the most powerful agent in the sport, Scott Boris. That information is going to get out there. Everybody in town thinks you lowballed them. What's the point of making that offer? Just say, hey, we couldn't come to terms on anything. We're going to talk at the end of the season. But don't make an offer like that. We know you don't want him here. We know that Bloom does not want Xander Bogarts. You can tell by the offer. He doesn't want him. So if you don't want him here, why do you make a fake offer? It makes you look even worse. You're disrespecting a guy. No matter what you think of him long-term, is aging and all that. What you did by making that offer is you disrespected a two-time champion, a Silver Slugger Award winner, a guy that fans love here. People absolutely adore Xander Bogarts, and you just disrespected him. 
I can understand the baseball aspect of all this, being on the other side of 30. But why would you make that offer? It's idiotic. I don't understand it. And I'm with Matt in this sense. If this thing turns out to be a sinking ship and Bogarts wants out, I mean, I would not blame the guy. I wouldn't. The way that he's been treated by this front office, how could you blame him? If Bogarts wants to lift his no trade and go to a contender, I don't know where the hell that would be. Maybe the Dodgers next year after Trey Turner is gone. Maybe he's gone. Maybe Bogarts ends up there long term. But I don't know about this deadline. St. Louis, whatever. Maybe the Giants are like, hey, we can find a place for Bogarts to play. They have Crawford who's a great defensive shortstop. But you get my point. If he wants to go to a contender, I would not hold it against Bogarts whatsoever. After this organization has basically slapped you in the face after everything you meant to this team, I would be pissed off too. Just do not make the offer. I don't understand why he thought that would be a good thing to do. It's unbelievable to me. The lack of awareness from a human perspective. I don't give a rat's ass what the damn computer says. From a human perspective, how do you not understand how the player is going to take that? The guy was almost, and I don't want to say he was almost in tears, but he was beside himself upset prior to the season talking to people at the podium because you disrespected him. I just don't understand how anybody with a brain, I mean, Heim Bloom went to Yale. How do you not understand this type of stuff? It is mind-boggling and baffling to me that they actually made that offer. What was the benefit of that? We know you don't want him. And B, you knew he wasn't going to take that offer. And C, you know there's a really good chance that Scott Boris is going to leak that out there. What was the point of making that? Somebody's got to explain that one to me. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to John. He's in Arizona. Hey, John. Hey, Brian. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Good. I want to ask where the talent is on this team because with the payroll they have and the roster they're putting out there, and I understand the injuries, but they don't have a major league team, and I'm very concerned about their ability to evaluate the players that they're getting in trades. They traded Mookie Betts, and they got back an average oh. outfielder and two AAA guys. They traded Ben Attendi. They got back five lottery tickets that one of them looks like he might pan out. Like, where's the talent on the major league roster on this You know, team? John, John, it's a really good point because, okay, so all these people that are saying, hey, sell, do you trust Heim Bloom to make a good deal? Now, okay, we can go through some of them. Nick Pavetta, that was a nice deal, although I will say this. Pavetta has completely fallen off a cliff in his last three outings. He has the worst hard hit rate in all of Major League Baseball. He's in the bottom five in walk rate and the bottom five in ERA. So, great, he's pitched a ton of innings. He's a fine pitcher. I'm not telling you. I'm not. This shouldn't be an indictment on Pavetta, but great. You got him for Workman and Embry. That's still a steal, although the other guy in that deal, Seabold, looks like he absolutely sucks. We've seen him a couple of years here. But how is the return for Mookie Betts Alex Verdugo, Jeter Downs, and Connor Wong. So you're telling me that if they don't get a deal done with Devers, you trust Heim Bloom to make a deal to trade Devers? Like he's going to get the proper stuff back in return? I can't trust him in a, for anything. Like a lot of his deals have been atrocious. Yeah, their farm system looks very overrated like, right now. I mean, Duran is not a major league player. Downs is not a major league player. Wong is not a major league player. Seabold is not a major league player. There's, these are guys you bring up in September when you fluff out the rosters, but you're not building around these guys. I mean, what prospects are they right. building and, around? And John, this is, and you know what? This is what irks me, John, and I appreciate the call. It's a really good point. This is what really irks me about this whole situation. Bloom did not treat this team like they were two wins away from a World Series last year. And they were. Remember, we watched. They were two wins away from getting to the World Series. That actually legitimately happened. 
You have no interest in bringing Schwarber back. Well, let me address this with the Schwarber situation. You have the worst defensive first base situation in the sport. By the numbers, you do. Over the past two seasons, you have the worst defensive situation at first base. Your outfield is a complete joke outside of Jackie Bradley Jr. and Kike Hernandez from a defensive perspective. Duran is one of the worst major league outfielders we have seen. And that's not hyperbolic. He legitimately is. He is absolutely atrocious. Minus seven defensive runs safe. He is horrible out there. Okay, so you weren't prioritizing defense. You came into the season, your plan at first base was Bobby Dahlback and Travis Shaw. Your plan in the outfield was what? Now, I was okay with the Renfro move because it's like, all right, you're not going to sign Renfro long term. You paid for a couple of prospects, the Alex Benelis's of the world, and Jackie's going to be the fourth outfielder. That was my thought. I thought Jackie was going to be the fourth outfielder. <laughs> but then he's playing every day. So he didn't go out and replace Renfro. He didn't replace Kyle Schwarber. I don't know what the hell he was doing. This team was two wins away from a World Series, and you in the offseason made it significantly worse. And now we're talking about selling the team. Do not let this guy off the hook. He's part of the major reason that the Red Sox have taken a step back. How many years is he going to have a garbage bullpen? How many years are we going to see this? The one guy he signed, Jake Diekman, Jake Walkman, 18.2% walk rate, the worst of any reliever. That's the guy he spent money on. The two relievers he's given money to, his two highest paid relievers, Matt Barnes and Jake Walkman. Okay, for a team that was two wins away from a World Series. Oh, and this other thing about the whole James Paxton thing. All right, I like that move. Like, all right, fine, maybe he works two years from now, but you were trying to win now. I don't know. I see this guy in Tampa, Corey Kluber, that every time he pitches against the Red Sox, he absolutely shoves. Absolutely shoves. Could have had that guy. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You know what? Let's take the lottery ticket, Paxton. All right, great. I mean, you'll see the lottery ticket in a couple of years ago. Hey, you know what? You know what's a crazy concept? A team that was almost in the World Series. Why don't you try to win at the major league level? This whole idea of stocking up the farm system, building for the future. Screw that. You can do both. You know what? The Dodgers, they made the playoffs every year when they were rebuilding their farm system. You can do both. And that's what irritates me about Blown. And it just feels like the one thing he said a couple of weeks ago on the Greg Hill Show that just really irritated me. When he was asked about missing out on Schwarber or not bringing him back because he offered him $30 million less. Okay, so they didn't really want Schwarber back. Another fake offer. I mean, Bloom, this is what he's famous for, fake offers. But anyway, so he mentioned on the Greg Hill Show that what irritates him more is when he misses on under-the-radar guys. Uh, what? You, you know you're in Boston, right? You're, you're concerned about missing on under-the-radar guys. It, well, uh, Kyle Schwarber's got 30 home runs. You're not concerned that that guy's not here? How could you not be? And here's the other thing about the Schwarber thing that makes even less sense. J.D. Martinez is a free agent after the season. And I don't believe it behooves the Red Sox to bring him back after this season. J.D. Martinez, power numbers are going down. He's aging as a player. So who's the DH in 2023, 2024, 2025? Oh, I have a crazy idea. Kyle Schwarber. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're not worried about that. So it's not even as if, and you could have criticized them for signing J.D. to an extension, whatever. But you didn't take care of J.D. and you didn't bring back Schwarber. What's the logic behind any of the stuff this guy does? I really don't understand it. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Dave. He's in Brockton. What's up, Dave? Hey, how's it going, man? What's up, Dave? Hello? Hey. Uh, you know, 
what drives me crazy is they come out, the, the Sox organization comes out and says that it's a rebuilding year. Now, do you think that comes across to the players as, you know, a negative thing and they decide not to try or play as hard? Is that why they're struggling? Well, I never heard them actually use that language, Dave, that it's a rebuilding year, but by the lack of moves that Bloom made in the offseason, it does appear that way, which is I, what I don't understand is why didn't they treat last season for what it was? They almost got to the World Series. So what's this whole idea about rebuilding? What's the guarantee that his prospects are ever going to be as good as Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez? You had a team right now that was ready to win, and you didn't do nearly enough to help these guys and help the team. How many years are you going to have the worst first base situation in Major League Baseball? How many years are you going to have one of the worst bullpens in the sport? Like this whole idea, well, ultimately, Heim Bloom got it right at the trading deadline last year. My ass. I mean, the reason he got it right at the trading deadline last year is, you know why Schwarber was here? I'll tell you why Schwarber was here. Schwarber was here because he was hurt. You know what the Red Sox gave up for Kyle Schwarber? The 18th prospect in their organization, Aldo Ramirez. Because Schwarber was not going to be available for three weeks. Schwarber hit the most home runs in baseball last year in June. You think that if we got to the trading deadline last year and Schwarber was healthy, that Heim Bloom would have given up the necessary prospects to acquire him? No chance. The only reason Schwarber was here is because he was hurt and Heim Bloom had to give up nothing. So great, it worked out, but it barely worked out. You barely got into the postseason because the team lost four in a row after the deadline. They lost seven of eight after the deadline. And how did they get in? They were using starters out of the bullpen. Pavetta had the curveball that ended the Nationals. That's how they got in. And not during the playoffs. At the end of the season, the bullpen was so bad. Matt Barnes had lost his damn mind. Nobody was dependable. I mean, great. Robles was fine. Congratulations, Heimblum. Robles was good for you. Congratulations. That's one reliever. Nick Pavetta is closing out games for the Red Sox to get into the postseason. It's not normal. Like, yes, Cora can do this stuff when he gets into the postseason. It is not normal for teams to use starters out of the bullpen during the regular season. Hulk started a game, then he went back to the bullpen because they didn't have enough. This is two years running, and Bloom didn't do anything besides Jake Walkman. I mean, great, he found Schreiber, but how could Cora rely on Schreiber in April? Nobody knew who the hell the guy was, and he wasn't an accomplished player at that particular point in time. Unbelievable. You would think, two wins away from a World Series. Let's go, big moves. Let's try to get back there. Uh, yeah, uh, Jake Walkman coming off his worst season of his career. Okay, that's the move. Okay, um, Xander Bogart's replacement. Uh, okay, what, what about the Schwarber guy? Uh, the guy that hits the home runs? Oh, okay, we're not taking it. Okay, fine. Let's get to Nolan in Connecticut. What's up, Nolan? Hey, Brian, how's it going? First off, I just want to say you're absolutely nailing this. Um, as, a fran- as a fan, I am so frustrated right now with Bloom and the organization as a whole. So I just want to make two quick points, though. First point is when you think about what this roster could look like under Bloom in like two to three years, I do just get like terrified. He's not, if he's not going to replace Bogart and replace him with Story, okay, creates a hole at second base. The plan is just prospect, prospect, prospect. There's no guarantee these guys are going to be good as we're seeing and just thinking about where this team could look with the players he's kind of already – the core of this team is all of – Dombrowski's great players, right? So, like, <laughs> well, and a lot, it's, Theo, it's and a lot, like Theo, uh, Sherrington, uh, Sherrington, Devers is a Sherrington guy, Bogarts is a Theo guy, <laughs> Dombrowski signed JD, uh, so you're Evaldi, exactly right. Dombrowski traded for Evaldi, no, yeah, you're right. Um, and just second point, um, is 
I think the more I think about that is that do you think it could be that he doesn't want to win with other people's players? Is it like some sort of like I'm so smart kind of thing? I don't need to build off of these players. I can do it my way because these are like very, very obvious baseball decisions, I feel like. I've been like a fan for a long time, but you looked at this team last year and it looked going into the offseason, you could have been like, oh, we're a few wins away or a few moves away from being yeah. a like a World Series contender, and he just did the complete opposite. Which I, yeah, I have I know, no. I'm clue. with you. I, I, there could be no, and that could be you could be onto something with that. I I would not rule that out. We see that all the time across sports, and I appreciate the call, my friend. We see that all the time across sports, where guys want to win with their players, guys want to win with their coach. I would not be surprised if that's part of the calculus with Bloom. He wants to get his guys in here, but I'll tell you this: you ain't finding Devers. You ain't finding that guy. Nobody in your farm system is Devers. 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett, take it. You have until the first pitch of the Sox game. So if you do want to weigh in on this, the Duran situation's on the table. Bloom and his lack of an ability to build a contender again, that's on the table as well. It's 617-779-7937. Plus, I will tell you the one thing I'm really concerned about with this team. There's a lot, but there's one thing in particular, and we saw it again last night. I'll address it next here on EI. Now, more of the Brian Barrett Show on WEEI. All right, welcome back in. We're taking you up until the first pitch of the Red Sox game this afternoon, which gets it away at 410. I do love the 410 starts at Fenway. I just don't like what we've been seeing recently from the team. The 410 starts are a lot of fun. I didn't want to mention this real briefly, though. As it pertains to Heimblow. You look at this first base situation. And you look at where the Red Sox are at. So since the start of 21. The Red Sox have minus 23 defensive runs saved at first base. That's the worst in the entire sport. Nobody is worse than the Red Sox defensively at first base over the past two seasons. In fact, the team that is second to last in that category is the Tigers at minus 14. The gap between the Red Sox and the Tigers is as wide as the Tigers and the team that's 22nd, the Rangers. That's how bad the Red Sox have been defensively at first base. And here are some of the numbers on their first baseman offensively. 249 players have at least 40 plate appearances in July. Strikeout rate. Dahlback, 46.5%. That's 246. Franchi's at 52.8%. That's 249. On the season, Red Sox first baseman, strikeout rate 32%, that's last. 31.3% called strike plus whiff rate. That means how often are you taking a strike or sw- taking a strike rather or swinging and missing? That's 30th. They're 28th in OPS, they're 26th in on base percentage, they're 28th in average, and as we said, they're last in defensive runs saved. So they're the worst defensive team, you could argue they're the worst offensive team at first base. So someone tell me again why Schwarber couldn't be part of this? When your first base situation sucks, somebody's got to tell me why that couldn't be the case. And then I look at the bullpen. Since the start of 2021, under Heim Bloom's leadership, the Red Sox have 45 blown saves. That's the most in baseball during that span. During that time period, they have a 10.4% walk rate, which is 23rd out of 30 teams, and a 39.7% hard hit rate. That is 25th during that stretch. So their bullpen has been a problem for two years. And their first base situation has been a problem for two years. What the hell has Hein Bloom been doing with the bullpen in the first base situation? It is a joke. 617 779 the number. Let's get to Mike in Framingham. Hey, Mike. 
Thank you for taking my call. Number one, I love your show. I love you. I always agree with everything you have to say. Thank um, you. You, neglect, you neglected to mention the fact that Bloom also made an insulting offer to uh, Devers. Yeah, yeah. I was going to get to that in the next, next hour, Mike. It was a joke. Okay. Third was his big signing, Trevor Story. There isn't anybody in the major leagues that would have given that guy a six-year contract, let alone for $23 million a year. So what's the bottom line? You've alluded to it, but you haven't said it. They need to get rid of Bloom ASAP. End of discussion. So you're just going to fire him, Mike. That's it. You're done with him. If it were me, I would. Well, here's the thing, though, Mike. Don't you think that ownership agrees with the stuff he's doing? Don't you think this is the vision that Bloom sold them? And they bought into the fact, hey, we don't have to pay all these guys. We can be a sustainable winner. So they're going with Bloom's plan. So as much as I criticize Haim Bloom, ownership is signing off on what he's doing. So clearly this is the vision they wanted. So you can't just blame Haim Bloom. You have to blame the ownership group as well. But he failed, even if that's what ownership wanted. Bloom uh, Mike, I tend to, uh, Mike, I tend to agree with you as it pertains to Bloom. But are you so sure that ownership's upset with this? I'm not. I think that he sold them a vision. This is going to be a sustainable winner for a decade or so. So they're going to give him time. They're going to give him a rope. I don't disagree with you on Bloom. But I'm telling you, I think ownership likes what he's doing. Well, you could be right. Which is yeah, Mike, very unfortunate for Red Sox fans. No, I agree with you, Mike. I appreciate the call. I, I don't think that ownership is upset with Heim Bloom. I really don't. I don't think they're upset with Heim Bloom. I think he sold them this vision. And they said, hey... We can do what Tampa did. Now, we'll pay a little bit more money, obviously, than Tampa Bay, but we can be similar to Tampa and have a sustainable winner. I think he sold this vision to ownership, and ownership took it hook, line, and sinker. But if you don't re-sign like, a guy like Rafael Devers, I don't know what the hell this is about. You don't sign Devers. I don't know what the point of having a team is if you don't keep a star like that. It makes zero sense to me. Let's get to John in New Hampshire. Hey, John. Hey, how are you, Brian? Good. Uh, Brian, I was at that game last night. I know probably a lot of people are going to say that, but I truly hold on, was. John. I was out there hold on, field. John. John, hold on. Before you get to your point, I'm sorry. I was here too, but I'm sorry. Right. Go ahead, John. What's your point? I was just apologizing that no, you had to anyway, witness that. The point, I did too. The, the, the point is the point. The point is okay. What High and Bloom is doing is not just what the ownership wants; it's what the ownership's dictating. Okay, and if you think that's untrue. We can go back to Mookie Betts. Whenever we have a, a Red Sox team that makes the, uh, a run in the playoffs deep or wins a World Series, the next couple of years, ownership tanks it, makes their money, and doesn't spend it. I mean, th th that's the reality. Chaim Bloom has no ability to call a $400 million deal for either Devers or Bogarts. That's a John Henry determination. And, yes, and John, that's and, why and I think they hire a guy like Bloom. Chaim Bloom. Okay, maybe, but High and Bloom came out. If you look at what's going on in Tampa Bay, those are High and Bloom's guys. It's not that the guy wants to lose. Uh, that would be suicide for his job. Okay, this is what ownership wants. They want to be able to ride out for a couple of years without having to spend the money and then come back when they have to 
and spend the money yeah, at John, that point. I, John, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think basically the goal of the Red Sox is to stay relevant, stay competitive without going crazy. That's what I think is the goal of the organization. That's what I think. And I do look at John. I compare this to the Celtics situation where I look at the Celtics. And obviously the Red Sox, they have the four titles. So this weighs into the calculus, if you will. Brad Stevens comes out after the season, and he says, we have the green light to spend. So they go way over the luxury tax, right? They're going to be in the tax for the foreseeable future with this team. But they want to win. They are desperate to win. And I just asked this question about this particular ownership group. Are they desperate to win anymore? They were in 04 when they got that first title. They wanted to keep winning in 07, but I feel like they've gotten to a point where they've won four World Series, and the Red Sox right now are just part of the portfolio. It's just part of the business model for the Fenway Sports Group. That's how I feel. I, I absolutely agree with that. All right, hey, John, sorry you're breaking up, man, but I appreciate the call, and sorry that you had to go to the game last night. That was, I can't believe how bad that was last night. I mean, that was a complete eyesore. Absolutely horrible. Absolutely horrible. And by the way, the thing that I'm concerned about, I want to pay off in the tease before the boss man gets mad at me. Nate Evaldi, Nick Pavetta, and Chris Sale. Those are the last three guys that started games for your Boston Red Sox, right? Now, Chris Sale obviously gets injured, which was part of the equation there. But if you look at the last three games, you felt like, okay, this is where things could sort of turn around because you got the adults in the room. You'd been pitching all these rookies. You felt like, all right, this is when the Red Sox are going to turn things around. Now, Pavetta pitches on Saturday. He was absolutely atrocious. And then Chris Sale has the mangled finger last Sunday. And then, of course, you get that performance from Nathan Evaldi last night. So that's when your three starters, your three big guns were coming back, the three guys that you thought you could rely on. And here's where the Red Sox are at since last Saturday, last three games. Hard hit balls, they've given up 53 in 25 innings. That's last in baseball. The Yankees have given up the second most, 49, but in 43 and two-thirds. The Red Sox since last Saturday have given up 55 hits in 25 innings. Obviously last in baseball, the Rangers are 29, 36 and 36 innings. <laughs> Home runs, the Red Sox have given up 11 in 25 innings. The most, the Orioles, the Marlins, and Angels are at seven. Earned runs, the Red Sox have given up 53 since last Saturday in 25 innings. The Marlins are 29th with 23 and 36 innings. It's an absolute joke right now, and this is the real concern. If this team was going to have any opportunity to make a run, you needed Pavetta, you needed Evaldi, and obviously there's issues with Pavetta right now because his velocity's down, and he's not pitching this weekend, which tells you he's absolutely fatigued. And Avaldi was a complete puddle on the mound. Well, not a puddle. He just doesn't have it. He doesn't have his velocity. He doesn't have his command right now. It was a joke. And Sales obviously got a mangled finger. So if there was any hope for this team, it was those three guys were coming back. We're all feeling optimistic about the outing Avaldi had a week ago Friday. Look at where we're at now. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barry taking you up until first pitch of the Sox. So if you want to weigh in on Heimblum, I am going to address the Rafael Devers thing that came out this week, which is a complete embarrassment and a complete disrespectful offer to Devers. We'll get into that, but if you do want to weigh in, Duran, Heimblum, that's all on the table at 617-779-7937. Brian Barrett with you on EI. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.